hello and welcome and welcome to movie phone Sponsored brought to you by, by 101 106.1 <laughs> kiss, kiss fm, FM. <laughs> make it a go 106.1 kiss fm <laughs> <laughs> episode hello. 50 welcome to goth and beige episode 50 it's my true crime it is and it's one that kind of hits home, and I know it's not, it's a basic one. Everything always hits home. But this one's really close to home. Mm. Like, really close to home. So, and we talked about our weeks last week, so. How's your week? Um, this last week has probably been stressful for part of the country. We don't know which one yet. Yeah. So, we'll see. Here's Mel sitting in the middle. <laughs> Here's one. I'm getting pulled both ways. Like, my arms are not going to be detached, attached for long. Well, we're going to find out. We'll see. But it's been, it's been, a, it's, I'm sure it has been a week, uh, an interesting week for some people. That's I all I know. I spray paint on my fucking feet. Look. <laughs> you see Is that it? what that is? Yeah, it's spray it looks paint. looks like bruises almost. Nope, it's spray paint. Hmm. It's black spray paint. We look up when World Pancreatic Cancer Day is this year, please? I sure I, can. That way you can let everyone know because you're supposed to wear purple that day. It's very important. It feels like the last World episode. Pancreatic Cancer yes. Day. Yes. There we go. It'll tell you. Oh, we can ask Alexa. Alexa, when is World Pancreatic Cancer Day 2020? This year, World Pancreatic Cancer Day will occur on Thursday, the 19th of November, 2020. November 19th. November 19th of 2020 is World Pancreatic Cancer Day. So you guys make sure you wear purple that day. Hmm. And yes. it's just for support of everyone that's, any of the survivors, anyone that's lost family members to can, pancreatic yeah, cancer. Yeah, it's just to be aware that that's right. something that affects a population of people. Yeah, I have a shirt that says yeah. I wear purple for my dad. Mm-hmm. Because, and I also have a, like I always have a quote, um, it's, it basically it says, I wear purple today because at one point I didn't know anyone that had pancreatic cancer as oh, well. Yeah. You know, so it just... That's what I was I was trying to say, like, the, the last episode when we were talking at the end about how you were talking about breast cancer versus... I I, I don't think it's... it, it it's Whatever affects you. Yeah. It's... Because it, it, it's not taking away at all from somebody who may have had breast cancer or, or lost somebody to breast right. cancer or, but for this, this is your thing. This, right. your dad had pancreatic I just cancer really, and he died a yes. quick death because yeah. of it. And that's what is, you're passionate about and you should be. Yeah. I just, I just feel like it just, it's a beast. Yeah. Oh my God. It's such a fucking beast. And by the time people know that you have it, it's too late to do anything about mm-hmm. And they're going to die. Yeah. And I'm in a group on Facebook. That's it's, the way I, like I, I, um, ovarian cancer and, yeah. um, cervical cancer. Yeah. Is one of those also. Yeah, well, I've lost a cousin to cervical mm-hmm. cancer, which cervical cancer is actually environmental, and it's caused by HPV. Yeah. And that's the only way you can get it and die from it. I had a cousin that, HPV. you know, all of a sudden, you know, my family always always rallies around each other whenever something happens. But, you know, the, the call went out that my cousin was diagnosed with stage 4 cervical cancer just mm-hmm. all of a sudden. But she, she actually survived. She's a survivor. She's okay. But when I heard that, and I heard it was stage 4, I'm like, she's dead. Yeah. My thought was she is dead, but yeah. thankfully she was able to respond to treatment and she's okay. Yeah. So remove her yeah. cervix, complete uh-huh. hysterectomy. Yep. Yeah. Right away they just did it yep. right away. Go in the yep. very aggressive treatment and did yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think that you know you do have to. I, I don't blame your mom and dad for for saying let's do whatever we can to try to fight it. Yeah. Because 
you don't know if you're you're one of well, those one we didn't five know, people or not. We didn't know a whole lot about pancreatic cancer at that time either. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the survivors, they've caught it super early and they have something called a Whipple proce- procedure where they go in and they take part of their pancreas out. Mm-hmm. And so that... They're the survivors, mm-hmm. but they're in remission basically, and it still could come back later on. And was he able to like be part of like any type of study or? Like, so we actually the chemo that he did was actually study oh, was good. a study. Um, Fox Furutine, I think, because that's the chemo how drug. the the treatment. Yeah, it was a it was a developed. study. It was a study, um, and. He was only able to get through two of the chemo rounds. Mm. Um, before Between that second and the third one, he got to the point. So the chemo didn't make him, like, super sick or lose his hair and, like, radiation and stuff would do because he didn't get the radiation yet. Um, but it didn't make him, like, make him really sick mm-hmm. until after that second round. The second round of He it? couldn't make it to the restroom. Oh, wow. And let me tell you. Wow. It smelled like. Uh, you don't have to tell me. Oh. I'm, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Like, but that kind of stuff, so you don't know, but they very well may have learned something from they may have. Okay, so absolutely, it's good that he did say, Okay, let's go ahead and go forward with treatment. Because if he had just said, Okay, let's not do anything, let's go home, there would have been no value at all. It in any aged of it. him so much, yeah. Like, if you've seen the pictures, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he was, I can, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe he was only 61, and you look at the photos, it's like a different man, yeah, mm-hmm. it aged him like. Mm-hmm. 10 to 20 years to mm-hmm. me like he looks like an old from man by the time he died yeah. it was horrible but I, I completely get the whole um trying treatment and trying to do whatever you can do yeah so and yeah then, and i mean then, i wouldn't do that if i got medical know. advancement that's what got has got us to the where we are today like my i had a brother that died before i was born um he died at three months old from a heart defect that now is completely curable and treatable. Oh, absolutely. At, at the time. As my mom lost yeah. a little sister yeah. to At the time, defense. it was, okay, we're going to do this very risky surgery. The odds are he won't live, and he didn't, but they donated, you know, his heart and everything to study, and now that is completely treatable. Well, you know, at ba- Big Baylor, that uh, my cousin Brooke, that's, that was a transplant nurse, now she works for a doc- another doctor, um, but they were doing uterine transplants. Did I oh, tell wow. you about that, this? That's amazing. Um, no, I didn't know they were doing it there, but I did hear about a first baby being conceived in a, a transplanted uterus. So some I of the nurses was... donate. Yeah, so some of the nurses donated. She was part of that study. Some of the nurses donated their uteruses. They didn't want any. They didn't need them any longer. <laughs> so they, to, so women could experience being pregnant. And as soon as they deliver, there's like three or four babies that were born from this. Wow. They take the they take the uteruses out, so they yeah. get to experience. Being a like, not that they're not a mom when they adopt or whatever, no, but, but having that pregnancy, pregnancy it's an amazing birth, yeah. thing to experience because yeah. they could not get pregnant on their own, yeah. or they had had cancer, or mm-hmm. they had had some reason that there was an issue with their right, their right, right. So it's a really cool thing. That is, cool. yeah. So yeah, they of course they're born by C-section, yes. um, but it's a really cool thing. So there's lots of medical stuff out there, and yeah, like you said, I'm because glad he did the treatment. Science he did. is real, uh, <laughs> very much so. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. I worked for a physician, so <laughs> some of the stuff that we hear is very interesting. I'm just going to leave it at that. Science is real. Some of the patients yeah. that come in and you're like, yeah, that's, we're glad that you're here. Yeah. Let's do this. And they have, they like wind up having cancers or something mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm going to pray. Well, you can pray, honey, Thoughts but. Thoughts and prayers ain't going to get you there, though. But yeah. you have to medical, this is when medical mm-hmm. comes in, you know, and you have to go have this treatment. My and, My belief on that with spirituality and praying is that. If you believe in God, then you need to believe that God 
instilled in man the ability to figure this shit yes. out. Yes. So yes, you can leave it to God. Don't play God. Don't don't. You got to pray. But ultimately. It's on you. Exactly. To, to do what you can do. Exactly. God's not going to yes. wave a magic wand and fix it for you. Oh, yeah. 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 So, what, we're on episode 50. It's your true crime. Yeah, it's a little short, so. That's okay. It's fine. When is this release? I don't fucking know. Thanksgiving, <laughs> I think. No. No. It's, it's going to release November. Hold on. I can tell you in my head. <laughs> Might you just look at your calendar on your phone? Oh, I could. <laughs> right here <laughs> she's not trying to count guys she's gonna, like counting her mental I, I she know, has an air calendar i was gonna count it backwards from ah, when my dad's doing his procedure <laughs> my dad um was diagnosed with skin cancer which thankfully melanie works for an office that was able to you can say she said we in. could promote her on oh, her can? podcast yeah okay so blue bonnet dermatology yes in McKinney, dr, right? dr. Zhang. yes she was fantastic no, we're, we're in allen it's actually allen okay that that office was fantastic. My dad's PCP had told him he needed to see a dermatologist about this lesion on his temple. My dad's 75 that had not healed for almost a year now. But they didn't really push him that hard, which I really don't. Which when I was here last time we recorded, I saw it and I was like, you need to get that looked at. You know, what, really, you know with the doctor, she, she called me and she talked about it. And she said, you know, really, this has been growing for years. And I just, I'm really disappointed in his PCP and not pushing that more of every time he came in a 75 year old man that they're saying that doctor probably figured out what it was but that's why that's they're not dermatologists yeah yeah you know they can say go see the dermatologist Ooh, for this skin. one releases on friday november 13th oh friday the 13th yes friday the 13th these holidays halloween was ruined but, but anyway, yes. We um, still had Halloween. Dr. Zhang at Blue Bonnet Dermatology was fantastic. Mel was able to get it's us actually, in very quickly. It's actually Zhang. Z-H is It's a sh. In Chinese. It's not Zhang. Z-H-A-N-G. It's Zhang. Zhang. Okay, yes. Dr. Zhang. I've learned a lot of Chinese. <laughs> She's trying to teach me to count in Chinese. Dr. Maybe someday Zhang. I will count for y'all. I don't know. Yes. Dr. Zhang was yes. very thorough. She explained everything. I mean, got got my dad in right away. Already scheduled for surgery because it is a cancer. It's, it is a um, cancer that they need to remove. And, um, and we'll I'll, see him back as well. Yeah, but I was going to count backwards because I know what day that surgery is on. <laughs> and I was going to count backwards because it's the Friday before. But it's Friday, November 13th is when yes, episode is. 50 is going to release. Yes. And then we have, t- this is th- three more till end of season one. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, it. man. Yep. God dang, it's crazy. Shoot. Do we have three more? When? Yeah, because 52 is the year. Oh, no, that's just two more. This one plus two. So this will be one and then three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will be ending on a paranormal episode, so it's going to be good. Oh, God, I got to think. I got to, oh, God. If you guys have oh, any. God. I know oh, what God. I already know. <laughs> I already know what it's going to be. Okay. Y'all just going to see. It's going to be great. Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into my story Carry today. Carry on. So, my story is Darlie Routine. <gasps> Ooh. Ah. I like this story. This is really interesting. It is an interesting story. Belle and I were talking about it before we, when we finished recording the last episode before we started recording this one, mm-hmm. and we were both like, you know, we'll talk, get to the end, we'll tell our thoughts about it, but um, 
There's been lots of theories. There's been lots of different things that have come out about her. So yeah. um, I'll let you watch the time because when I get going with this, like, yeah, no, it's always been an interesting case. I've yeah. watched her on some of the shows that she's been on. I know she's been on Dateline. She's don't, been on. Don't talk about all that yet. Talk about the story. Then we'll talk about what okay. we've seen her on. Yeah. So if you don't know about Darlie Routier, it's a huge case here in Texas and it's in Rowlett, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's close to home because I lived in the neighborhood right next to her neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, the house. Yes. And so my kids, both my girls graduated from Rowlett High School. Like, we live in Rowlett, Texas. So, um, it's just, it's crazy how close we were to where all this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was born January 4th, 1970. She's, um, from, and she's from Rowlett, Texas. She was convicted and sentenced to death for the murder of her five-year-old son, Damon, in 1996. She has also been charged with capital murder in the death of her six-year-old son, Devin, who was murdered at the same time as Damon. Um, so, to date, Routier has not specifically been tried for Devin's murder. Mm-hmm. Right. She's on death row for mm-hmm. just the other. And I know so many appeals have been done mm-hmm. for her. So, Damon and Devin were stabbed to death with a large kitchen knife in Routier's home. While Routier, um, she sustained knife wounds to her throat and arm. And she has a huge scar on mm-hmm. her throat, like her neck. Um, she told authorities that the crime was perp- uh, perpetrated by an um, unidentified intruder. So, during her trial, the prosecution argued that, ar- argued, argued, argued that her injuries were self-inflicted and that she's the one that killed them, basically is why she is on death row, mm-hmm. um, and that it had been staged. So, they basically been saying, they say that she, blah, 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 I can't talk tonight like you. Um, so, they say she murdered her sons, uh, where is that, because of the family's financial difficulties. The defense argued that there was no reason um, to have a motive, a confession, or any witnesses to this. So, they're just saying because of financial reasons, you know. And then we'll get into what happened the day after, or the week after when his yeah, birthday and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the jury found Rutier guilty of the murder of Damon and sentenced her to death by lethal injection. Um, two appeals filed by her, um, by her, who made, she maintains her innocence. Were based on the allegations of irregularities during the trial were denied, but new DNA tests were ordered multiple times after technology had advanced. As of 2020, testing is still ongoing. Hmm. Guys, this happened in 1996. Right. 1996. Yeah. Two years after Belle and I graduated. Graduated yeah. high school. Yeah, I was um, fat. I think this was one of the earliest ones that I remember being 1996. So with. Yes. Yeah. And I remember. It was everywhere on the news. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere. They showed crime scene photos. They showed so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just... I, I don't understand. So we're going to get into the murder, the day the actual murder happened. So on June 6, 1996, at 2.31 a.m., 911 dispatchers in Rowlett, Texas, received a call from the residents at 5801 Eagle Drive in Rowlett, Texas. She told the operator that her home had been broken into and that an intruder had stabbed her children, six-year-old Devin and five-year-old Damon, and cut her throat. Police arrived within uh, three minutes to the 911 call. Now, back in that time, Rowlett, now now Rowlett's very developed. There's lots of, there's suburbia. It's a very, it's very populated now. When, in 1996, it was not populated. There's a lot of farm, like, it's more. more It was more like Forney is now. Forney has grown. Yeah, in the last, in the last <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was more like there was cow. Like you could have a, like a um, a neighborhood and there's cows beside yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. now it's like 
neighborhood, neighborhoods, neighborhoods, mm-hmm. neighborhoods, neighborhoods, you know, definitely so, suburbia. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely changed from back then. Um, but it's very well, very populated now. So, um, so then when the police arrived within three minutes, um, they discovered a window screen in the garage had been cut, which in, um, indicated a possible entry point for an intruder. A search of the house and grounds did not locate an intruder. Having thus secured the site, police permitted paramedics to attend to the victims. Darley told the police that she had fallen asleep on the couch with her two boys while watching television, which, I mean, I did, I've done that. Yeah, of course we all You have. know, we, we, I've done that with my kids if we're watching a movie or something, only to wake up later and discover an unknown man in her house. She stated that as she approached him, the man fled, dropping the knife in a utility room as he ran. After picking up the knife and chasing him away, so she picked up the knife yeah. that he mm-hmm. dropped, which is going to indict her because her prints are now on this fucking knife that he had had, or she says he had. Darley said she realized that she and her children had been wounded and that she called 911. So her adrenaline was kicked in and she didn't realize. Police found it highly suspicious that Darley uh, and her sons had been severely wounded by an armed intruder without waking her until after the attack had occurred. So, because I would think her kids would have screamed. I would think that, you know, something would have been heard. Right, right. I don't know. I, I mean, if the kids were asleep, so many people are killed in their sleep. Who knows? Yeah, I've, Who I've, freaking knows? Reading the evidence and stuff after the fact, uh, it's just... Yeah. So much more came out. So, she told the police that the assailant escaped through the garage. Investigators said that the garage contained no blood drops and added that indications there were no... That no one had run through there at all. Mm-hmm. So, she didn't go in there because she would have been dripping blood. Mm-hmm. The window sills in the garage had untouched layers of dust, including the window that had been cut. Mm-hmm. implying that no one had actually climbed through it mm-hmm. because they would have disturbed the dust and it would have shown like a footprint, something in that dust when they had gone through it. Um, and the mulch and the flower beds between the garage and the backyard gate were undisturbed, which is how he would have had to have gone out mm-hmm. had he gone that way. Wasn't it However, also the, the window screen itself seemed to be cut from the inside, correct. right? However, an unknown fingerprint was found on the windowsill that did not belong to anyone in the mm, family. See, that's the kind of stuff that makes you go, Because huh. he could have stepped over the windowsill. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the window looks like, but... I've so, 75 yards away from the house... I don't know either. Well, 75 <laughs> yards away from the house, a bloody sock was discovered. Lab tests revealed it had blood from both Damon and Devin on it. Routier's son sustained fatal injuries. Her wounds described as superficial, which means they weren't very deep. They were just on the top yeah. part of the mm-hmm. skin, if you don't know what superficial means. Came within two If you are listening to our show and you don't know what superficial means. <laughs> so it came within two millimeters of her carotid artery, um, which that's ridiculous. That's, just, that's very close to actually yes. being fatal. Right. Uh, she was treated at a hospital release two days later. Um, so, she was actually treated at Lake Point, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which is in Rowlett as well. Her youngest son, seven-month-old Drake, was asleep upstairs with her husband, Darren, at the time of the murders. Both escaped um, without harm. Right. But, I'm just, con- that's where I get confused, because how did her husband not hear commotion downstairs? Yeah, but I used to live in a big house, and I couldn't hear anything if something would have happened downstairs. When I was upstairs in bed, in my bed, and sleeping good, you know, maybe he's a deep sleeper. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he don't hear nothing. I, I don't know. I, I could see how someone could sleep through something like maybe, that. Maybe, I don't know. So, newscast showed, um, showed her and other family members holding a birthday party 
at the boy's grave to um, celebrate Devin's seventh birthday eight days after the murders. So about a week later. Mm-hmm. Which, look, we were talking about this. People celebrate birthdays. People celebrate stuff all the time. They had already had a party planned. Mm-hmm. So I can see her saying, no, I want to still have their but party But people grieve them. in different ways. Yeah. You know, my kids' birthdays are a big deal. Birthdays are a big deal. You know, they're a big deal they to me. They slammed her on the media. Because yes. it showed her laughing and, you know, chewing gum and spraying the silly string stuff. <sighs> I mean, they just crucified her. They did. It was horrible. And, it, you know, and she was smiling. Okay. She's grieving. Yeah. You know, if you watch. Well, I know it says you can't smile. I've smiled at. I've lost a lot of people and I've still smiled. Yes. And laughed at their funerals. I mean, and, <laughs> at my fucking grandmother's funeral. My, I, you, I don't know if you've heard of this story, but he's, my grandfather goes up to the, to the casket to give his last wishes and he lets out a loud fart and we're dying laughing. Oh my God. That's I, too Haven't funny. I told you the story? No. We laugh out. He lets out a loud fart and I'm like, my brother's Farts sitting beside me and my. My uh, mom's beside him, and I my head's down because you know when I start giggling, I can't fucking stop giggling. Did he realize what he did? No, he's, he's dead. Just an old man. He's an old man. Oh. My cousin Jason's in front of me. I see his shoulders going up and down. I fucking lose my shit after I see him laughing. Then we're all dying laughing. Oh. Everyone's left. It's just immediate family in there. Oh, that's hilarious. So it's just a joke now. We'll send T-shirts back and forth. It's somebody's birthday. Have you farted? You know, like something silly because, but I mean, we were sad my grandmother died, but that's all we remember about her funeral now. And I'll tell my great, great grandkids, you know, my, have you I went, farted today? yeah, it's just funny because we were that's still, hilarious. so we're leaving and everyone thinks we're so sad because my grandmother died and we're, we're crying because we were laughing so fucking hard because <laughs> she, my grandfather farted and nobody, wow. and we that's laughed hilarious. about it for, we still laughed about I it. I would have laughed so hard. Oh my God. It was so funny. So I, I see how she's smiling and happy because they're celebrating her son's birthday. Yeah. He mm-hmm. would have wanted to have a birthday. So he I totally understand. Yeah. Yep. So she was shown smiling and laughing as she sprayed silly string on the graves of, in celebration, singing happy birthday, which you do at yeah. somebody's birthday. Uh, family members point out that the newscast did not show an earlier video that depicted a solemn ceremony honoring the children. Right. Because the mm-hmm. media only shows yep. what they want you to see. So it's yep. one-sided. Four days later, she was arrested and charged with capital murder. She later commented on the video saying, he wanted to be seven. I did the only thing I knew what to do to honor him and give him all the wishes because he wasn't here anymore. But how do you know what you're going to do when you lose two children? How do you know how you're going to act? I would be so devastated. Like, I would be. I don't even know what I would do. Yeah, that's the whole thing is that you don't know what you would do. You know in the movie Overboard, whenever she like is like, bub, 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 like that's how he'd be. Like literally like in a comatose state, like zombie. But you don't know that. You don't know. You've never experienced it. I know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't. I don't know. So we're going to take a break now. Break a break. And then we'll come back and talk about her trial. Stay tuned and listen to the fucking ad over and over again. Hold on. Welcome back to Gotham, baby. To coloring with cunts. Oh, I forgot coloring with cunts. You're not <laughs> no, coloring. Not coloring this time. No, I know. I'm sorry. It's fine. We're suck. fine. I suck. It's just, it's this, I'm discombobulated. I've moved into a fucking RV. The election is this week. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> 
The what I sent you last night, no matter who wins the election, Carol Baskin still kills her she fucking kill husband. And <laughs> That's what I said last night. McDonald's ice cream machine will still be broke. <laughs> I found this TikTok. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm a little addicted to TikTok. Get over it. A little bit of an, a small addiction. It's, it makes me de-stress. It really helps me not, like, with my stress. Helps Do you have it. to pick and choose what you send me on TikTok? Because I bet you you want to send me a whole lot. I do want to send you a whole lot. And I really appreciate the holding back of the addiction. <laughs> because I know when you do send me something, it's something, it's a gem. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. If I find some funny <laughs> shit, there's one I looked at and I did. And I'll show you when we get done. But the girl, I, it's so fucking us because we fall all the time. <laughs> but the girl's like standing there and the lady like steps and she's like walking down the hill and she just falls down. And she's just, just going. She just slides down the hill, down the mud. And the dog's like chasing her and the lady's like up there laughing. I'm like, I would be up there fucking laughing yeah. and Bella's just sliding down the hill. Yeah, one of us would be falling definitely. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm. You don't fall, you just sit down. I just sit down. That's right. <laughs> I sit down on the dance floor. <laughs> I do. So those of you listening from Pan, this one time, <laughs> this one time I was dancing and I sat on the dance floor. Sat down. And this one time, and poor a girl Lord in Byron just like looks at me. <laughs> and this one time, the miracle of Jesus happened, and a disabled person got on the pole, and that renewed my faith in Christ. That was the awesomest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh shit, you not. That was like, I mean, if you think you've seen everything, you've not seen shit until you see. And I'm not trying to down her at all. No, I I'm her. glad she was, I was able just to, like, but that we were floored. Am- I can't get on the pole. And to see this woman who came in in a wheelchair, who clearly has some physical issues, get up on the fucking pole. She felt that beat and her. We were just both looked at each other like. She felt that beat drop. <laughs> and we're like, oh, my God. That was like... If you could have seen mine and Belle's faces... This was like two years ago, three yes, years ago. Yes, it was... It was... It, it was, was three. A, it was it was a spiritual experience. Because we looked at each other like, did you just see that? Did you see that? Fucking Jesus and Christ. And our mouths on the floor and we're like, I shit you not. It's like... Yeah, it's like yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, the, guys. the lame to walk and the blind to see and yeah, the water to wine. crazy. <laughs> but we're very In glad. the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. Oh shit! Oh, if y'all have not that. watched our TikTok, <laughs> when we, <laughs> when oh, we saw Jesus's cut, <laughs> the disciples' cuts, we were a little tipsy, just okay. a little bit. Yeah. All right, all right. Anyway, moving on. Carry on. Uh, we were, before we get tickled. Okay, yes. go to the trial. So the prosecution suggested that um, she murdered her sons because of the family's financial difficulties. Prosecutors described her as a pampered, materialistic woman with substantial um, debt, plummeting credit ratings, and little money in the bank, who feared that her lavish lifestyle was uh, about to end. Lavish living in Rowlett? Come on now. Uh, there's some areas in Rowlett that are pretty I nice. just think they, they played it up more than oh, what yeah. it was. It's more middle class. It's not yeah. a rich area. No. It's middle class mm-hmm. America. Um, oops, where did I go? Oh, jurors also saw the Silly String video. Um, crime scene consultant James Cron testified that evidence suggested the scene inside um, the Rutierra residence had been staged. The prosecution also suggested that there was a financial motive for the murder since both boys had a life, in- both boys had a life insurance policy on them. <clears throat> the defense contended that this amounted to only $10,000, mm-hmm. not enough to cover their funeral expenses. Right. So now they're in more debt. Which makes sense. Why yeah. would you? Why would yeah? You know. Um, furthermore, they asked to why, as she if she was willing to murder for money, 
that she did not kill her husband instead. Carol Baskins <laughs> whacked him. Okay. He had an $800,000 life insurance policy. Y'all, I saw a video Belle showed me and her... Is it your cousin? My cousin, yeah. Her cousin got married this last week weekend, and their daughter... Walk, she was a flower girl. She walked down the aisle to Carol Baskin's song. Yes, it was hilarious. It is so fucking cute, and I love that she did that. I love different. <laughs> that so. was her choice. She so wanted cute. To do it. It's her wedding too. So. It's this, you know, this beautiful wedding with these beautiful songs, and you know, everyone's already teary eyed because they've been together for so long. And then here comes this little five year old girl dressed in a princess dress, you know, looking too cute. Fucking Carol Baskin. <laughs> Whacked him. Whacked him. Killed her husband. Whacked him. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And she's dropping flowers on the whole place. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, um, so why didn't she kill her husband? He had an $800,000 life insurance policy. Because I can tell you, I would have killed him if I knew that. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The defense also questioned why, if she killed her sons to preserve her lavish lifestyle, she left her youngest son, seven-month-old Drake, alive and unharmed. Because she didn't fucking kill them. Mm Mm-hmm. Routier was represented at trial by lawyer Douglas Mulder. Defense attorney said that there was no reason um, why she should have killed her children and that case did not have a motive. And a confession or any witnesses. They asserted that it was unrealistic to um, accuse her of staging a crime scene because that's not something she would do. Mm-hmm. Even her friends said that's not something she would do. Like, she was a very normal person, very sweet, kind person. Which, she, sweet, kind people can lose their shit. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it was very, uh, not, it was out of the ordinary for her to right, do something right. like that. She wouldn't hurt a, fl- you know, a fly. Her attorneys advised her not to appear on the witness stand, but she testified anyways and withered under cross-examination by prosecutor Toby Shook because they always put the, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just what they do. They beat you down and yeah. tear you to pieces. I would never get on the witness stand <clears throat> if I was accused of something. San Antonio Chief Medical Examiner Vincent DeMaio testified that the wound to her neck came within two millimeters of her carotid artery and that it was not consistent with the self-inflicted wounds he had seen in the past. That differed from the uh, assertions of her treating physician, who had told police officials that the wounds might, not that they are, but they might have been self-inflicted. Hmm. Might, not are. You have to use your wording the correct, the correct way. Right, right. They, were, they might have been self-inflicted. Right. Well, I could cut my fucking wrist on a damn barbed wire fence. It might have been self-inflicted. Right. It might have been. Yeah. You know, might well, have been. it doesn't mean I, I did it on purpose. So, yeah. Um, so, Tommy Bevel testified that east off, uh, oh, that cast off blood found on the back of her nightshirt indicated that she had raised the knife over her head as she withdrew it from each boy to stab again. One crucial aspect of the defense case was the bloody sock found outside the house. The police contended that this was merely a ruse designed to falsely implicate an intruder had fled the scene. The defense contended that it, pr- it proved that Darley, um, Darley could have committed the cr- could not have committed the crime. Damon was alive when the paramedics arrived on the scene, and the medical examiner testified that the body could only have survived approximately eight minutes after receiving his injuries. Rutier was on the phone with 911 for almost six minutes. The defense argued that this did not leave enough time for her to cut herself, stage the crime scene, plant the sock outside the house, and then return before the paramedics arrived. They also stated that despite her injuries, her blood that blood was not found in the garage or anywhere outside the home. So, 
how could she go and take that sock and drop it off if she was bleeding like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The prosecution countered that she could have planted the sock before self-inflicting her own injuries. And the medical examiner stated survival time for Damon after he was stabbed was only an estimation. She was convicted of murdering Damon on February 4th, 1997 and was sentenced to death by lethal injection. So, post-trial claims and appeals, she's appealed so many times. I think I signed the petition. I have as well. Have, to have it all re-looked at because well, when it first happened, I was on the, the bandwagon of she did it. She killed them. I was too. I mean, every Because everything. we only learned what they wanted. Yeah. What... what mm-hmm. The media wanted us to know mm-hmm. what like, they like. A, they do. She's a kid killer. She she deserves to to fry, and then you know I've watched those documentaries. I've mm-hmm. read, read a book. I, you know I've, I've I've done my own research. I think people should do their own research, and I agree. I don't know. There's some stuff that's like hmm. Well, in June 2008, she was granted the right to new DNA tests. Mm. Her appeal was remanded to the state level for improved DNA testing. On January 29, 2014, Chief Judge of the Western District Fed Fiery granted a request from prosecution and defense for her case for further DNA test vital to the defense to be performed on a bloody fingerprint found in the house, a bloody sock, and her nightshirt. In 2018, the Criminal District Court No. 3 ordered a third round of DNA testing with the backing of both prosecution and defense. So... I mean, this happened in 1996, mm-hmm. and this is still going on. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is What's still really going sad on. Is her, she, missed her son growing up, yeah, her baby. Yeah, she's been in jail all this time. Yeah. And if she didn't do it, because I still say if, because we don't know. If she didn't do it, somebody else is out there that did. Yes. And how do we know it's not a serial killer that's yeah, murdered other families? Yeah, or somebody just passing through and he's already gone and moved on. Right. In June 2011, Darren Routier filed for divorce from his wife, stating, um, saying that the decision was mutual and very difficult. He still supports her, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he still believes his wife is innocent. Mm-hmm. He said that they decided to divorce to end the limbo that they had been in since her arrest and conviction. She's so he can got move a on. Girlfriend. Huh? What did you say? Said so she's probably got a prison girl. Probably. Yes, like Orange is the New Black. <laughs> um, so that way he could probably move on with his life as well. Yeah. Because, I mean. Yeah. He's closure, a victim too. Just right, he as is. Much. And so is the little yeah. boy, the eight month old mm-hmm. son that uh, how old he is now. But, I mean, wow. Yeah. You know. He's 24. 20, yeah, he's 20, in his 20s. Yeah. Um, so that's all I got for Dirty Routier. There's several books that have been written. And I had. Um, the reason they didn't try her for the other boy's murder is if she got off. They could try her for the other one and she would, yes, she would get hit. Yes. Um, so there's been several television doc- documentaries mm-hmm. about this. TLC documentary series, Forensic Files. Um, Invisible Intruder is what it's called. It's in October of 1999. And Solved Mysteries with Robert Stack covered the case in season 12, episode 6. Um, this case is again revisited on Unsolved Mer- uh, Mer- Mysteries with Dennis Farina, both episodes share evidence from both sides of the case, including those who claim Darley to be innocent and those pointing towards her guilt. Uh, the CBS News Series 48 Hours episode, subtitled Precious Angels, is derived from the true crime book of the same title, title authored by Barbara Davis, which first aired um, August 10th, 2001. And I remember watching that, and she was on it. And then, 
excuse me, a couple of years ago, there was another one. I was one. just about to say, just within the last few Investigation years. Investigation Discovery Network it. aired the Werner Herzog series on Death Row episode. That's the one I watched. Subtitled Darley Routier that covered the case in season two, episode two. First aired September 10th, 2013. Um, ABC seven episode documentary series, The Last Defense, examines the death That's row. The That's the one we watched. Uh-huh. Uh, cases of Darley Routier and Julius Jones. The series premiered. Um, on June 12, 2018, profiling mm-hmm. her case in a four-part episode. That one is very interesting. It is, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so she is a list of women on death row in the United States. She's on that list, of course. But again, she um, is still in an appeal right now because yeah. she has all the new um, stuff. Yeah, I think her conviction the day she gets, was If she is found, like, if her appeal is overturned again, and she, she's not going to get another appeal after this, I don't think. No, they would have to grant a new trial completely. Yeah, with the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's if it goes. That it would have far. to go to the Supreme sometimes Court they though don't next, even right? Let it go that far? No, sometimes they just refuse to hear cases. They, they but what I'm saying is, case. for her to have a new case, a new trial, it would have to go to the Supreme Court this next time, I believe, because she's already gone through all these. Well, appeals. no, they could always get an, a judge to order the case to be reopened. And okay, new, yeah, they can always do that, but it's just not. But after likely. they've done all this DNA yeah, testing and stuff, likely. there's no new evidence that's going to mm-hmm. be brought up. I mean, this is her last. This is it for her. Yeah, when you hear this the evidence, it. it's just. And she has what? She's in her sixties. How old is she now? Sixties? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know how old she. Because she was in her third. She was. She's in. She was in her. I think she's in her fifties then. Because fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was two years after we graduated. She was, I think, just like 10 years older than us. Okay. She wasn't that much older. Um, yeah, the evidence is just really interesting to if you really do look into it. And you she's can born find 1970. It. She's only six years older There's than like us. There's like a website, I think, about like free Darley Routine. She was born in 70. Oh, yeah. So she's, she's only six years yeah. older than us. So she's our age. She's in her 40s. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like mid 50s, early 50s. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that one, that one is definitely one. I mean, there's. I, and I think her conviction had a lot to do with how the media crucified her. Because they say, you know, you get an impartial jury. But I don't... That's really not as possible anymore. Ha- I don't think so. I think that it's just... The, I just think she was very had very unfair. Yes, unfair. Absolutely. <clears throat> and the evidence that should have been examined wasn't examined. Wasn't, and the jury didn't hear it all. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's definitely an interesting And they saw one. the video of her shooting the silly string. But did they see that video of her... Of that... that one video prior, yeah. you know, so they only saw what, the, you know, they wanted her to see and they needed to see the full video. Mm-hmm. And so she needs to bring that back. So I guess that could be a new piece of new evidence that could be brought back into court if they wind up having a case again. You know, I don't know the evidence of just the crime scene alone, the fingerprint, the sock, the timing of everything. Um, there's some other stuff, too. I can't recall right now, but I know it's it, when you start looking at what they've brought forth. It's it's really compelling, and I, I'm so surprised they haven't already granted a new trial because... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, they, they just don't want to. The judges are just like, yeah, it's done. We, we've got somebody convicted for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's... Because, you know, I'm just interested to see... <laughs> I'm just interested to see what happens. Like, I just want to know what happens. Mm-hmm. So I actually have a true crime story that I have ready and that is close to home as well that um, I'm going to do next time I do my true crime. Do not do Casey Anthony. No. It's too much. I can't. No. So this, I'm not going to say who it is, but it does, it's someone that I know. Um, It's a fire, Irving Firewife that 
it has a really close relationship with this case. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. Don't say that I'm still else, friends really. with. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I couldn't, I was actually going to do it today, and I just couldn't find very much information. And I'm like, I knew the Darley Routier story already. Well, the the other one you're talking about, it, you might be able to get reports and stuff, Public Information Act, you might be able to actually get reports rather than, you might not be able to find much out on the internet. I did find some reports there. Yeah, because if nobody's so, done the story yet, really. No, they you haven't. You may have to do all that yourself. Yes, they haven't done the really story great. yet, but I want to talk to her, I want to talk to Lisa mm-hmm. and um, get, just talk to her and kind of get her input. Yeah. And, um, you know, go from mm-hmm. there. Awesome. So that'll be part and coming up in season two. Yeah, season two is going to be great. Yeah, really excited. And maybe I can even um, have a little, like, talk to her on the phone and go meet yeah. her for dinner and have her record a little blurb about it. Yeah, because actually, um, I want to incorporate that a little bit more into our shows is having some special guests because yes. we've had they have experienced this stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought about you know bringing my dad on who has a lot of paranormal investigation under his belt and a lot of encounters with uh spirits and stuff so i think that that would be good to Absolutely. incorporate it went it goes over well when we have those types of people yes and we want mm-hmm. your listener stories still so email them to definitely Goth- need listener stories yes oh gotham bougie podcast um at gmail.com or you can dm us dm us on facebook this guy keeps like driving around these that's what they do yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's like the fifth time I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Facebook. It's a golf cart parade. That's what they do. <laughs> Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, wait, we have Twitter. To wait. Weekly shout out to our high priest. Did we yes. already do that? No, we haven't, we haven't done not. it yet. Thank you, high priest Robert, for being Thank our you. Pa- Patreon supporter. At, We've uh, curtsied to you. Yes, thank curtsy. you. Thank you, sir. Just, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, We sir. watched Sweeney Todd last night. I haven't seen that forever. I that love Sweeney Todd. Um, thank you, Daniel, for being a thank high you. priest. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, kindly, sir. And thank you, Jeff, for being a high thank priest. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. We appreciate and we need, we need a high priestess. Come on. We need some women in there. We do need some women. We got some badass women listeners, too. And we do. We do have some yeah. badass women listeners. So. Okay, now you can do your finish, finish. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> Tweeters, your dad calls Tweeter, it. Tweeter, my dad calls it Tweeter. <laughs> On Twitter and oh my God. Don't wear your purple. Wear your purple November, November 19th. 19th. Wear your yep. purple, guys. My dad's name was per- Perry. Perry the Platypus. Barry. Barry. And we go, because I was going to say Pops. Oh, yeah. Barry, but we go, he goes by Pops. Everyone knows him as Pops, where Pops is pride is our team. So I will put a, a link out because the walk is actually. If this comes out on Friday, the week, the week, I cannot fucking cannot talk. talk. The walk is tomorrow morning. So tomorrow morning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, when Mel! Episode releases not gonna... the thirteenth. The fourteenth yeah. is our walk. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's my walk. So I'll be walking in support of my dad, just because oh, really? I walk for him and just for memory of him. So. Yes, yes, my voice is going now. I can. I tell. won't walk because I don't do that, but um, I'll donate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanks guys. for listening. Thanks for listening. Y'all, Y'all come, come back, back now, now, you hear? hear?